Hello friends, my name is Leslie Williams and I am so honored to be here with y'all today getting to talk a little bit about the Bible and pray a little bit alongside each of you. A lot of you probably don't know who I am, but I'm a lifelong United Methodist, so we might have something in common there. I'm a certified candidate for ministry in the North Alabama Conference. I grew up in the Birmingham area, actually, and I just recently returned. I did undergrad at Millsaps College in Jackson, Mississippi, so I graduated from Hoover, moved to Jackson for a few years, and just moved back after I graduated last May. Right now, I am pursuing a Master of Divinity through SMU Perkins School of Theology, but it's a hybrid program, so I live in Birmingham near my wonderful family and with my husband, Tyler, but I fly to Texas a few times a year for the in-person intensive parts. In addition to doing school in Birmingham, I'm the Director of Discipleship and Development at Eastlake United Methodist, and I'm the Seminarian in Residence at Highlands United Methodist, so it's very possible that we may have a connection there if you've ever crossed paths with anyone at Eastlake or Highlands. So the part of scripture that I wanted to talk about today is in the Psalms. We're going to start with Psalm 69 and read through 69, 70, and 71, so three chapters from the book of Psalms. Save me, O God, for the waters have come up to my neck. I sink in deep mire where there is no foothold. I have come into deep waters, and the flood sweeps over me. I am weary with my crying. My throat is parched. My eyes grow dim with waiting for my God. More in number than the hairs of my head are those who hate me without cause. Many are those who would destroy me, my enemies who accuse me falsely. What I did not steal must I now restore? O God, you know my folly. The wrongs I have done are not hidden from you. Do not let those who hope in you be put to shame because of me. O Lord, God of hosts, Do not let those who seek you be dishonored because of me, O God of Israel. It is for your sake that I have borne reproach, that shame has covered my face. I have become a stranger to my kindred, an alien to my mother's children. It is zeal for your house that has consumed me. The insults of those who insult you have fallen on me. When I humbled my soul with fasting, they insulted me for doing so. When I made sackcloth for my clothing, I became a byword to them. I am the subject of gossip for those who sit in the gate, and the drunkards make songs about me. But as for me, my prayer is to you, O Lord. At an acceptable time, O God, in the abundance of your steadfast love, answer me. With your faithful help, rescue me from sinking in the mire. Let me be delivered from my enemies and from the deep waters. Do not let the flood sweep over me, or the deep swallow me up, or the pit close its mouth over me. Answer me, O Lord, for your steadfast love is good. According to your abundant mercy, turn to me. Do not hide your face from your servant, for I am in distress. Make haste to answer me. Draw near to me. Redeem me. Set me free because of my enemies. 
You know the insults I receive, and my shame and dishonor, my foes are all known to you. Insults have broken my heart so that I am in despair. I looked for pity, but there was none, and for comforters, but I found none. They gave me poison for food, and for my thirst they gave me vinegar to drink. Let their table be a trap for them, a snare for their allies. Let their eyes be darkened so they cannot see and make their loins tremble continually. Pour out your indignation upon them and let your burning anger overtake them. May their camp be a desolation. Let no one live in their tents for they persecute those whom you have struck down and those whom you have wounded they attack still more. Add guilt to their guilt. May they have no acquittal from you. Let them be blotted out of the book of the living. Let them not be enrolled among the righteous, but I am lowly and in pain. Let your salvation, O God, protect me. I will praise the name of God with a song. I will magnify him with thanksgiving. This will please the Lord more than an ox or a bull with horns and hoofs. Let the oppressed see it and be glad. You who seek God, let your hearts revive. For the Lord hears the needy and does not despise his own that are in bonds. Let heaven and earth praise him, the seas and everything that moves in them. For God will save Zion and rebuild the cities of Judah, and his servants shall live there and possess it. The children of his servants shall inherit it, and those who love his name shall live in it. Be pleased, O God, to deliver me. O Lord, make haste to help me. Let those be put to shame and confusion who seek my life. Let those be turned back and brought to dishonor who desire to hurt me. Let those who say, aha, aha, turn back because of their shame. Let all who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. Let those who love your salvation say evermore, God is great. But I am poor and needy. Hasten to me, O God. You are my help and my deliverer. O Lord, do not delay. In you, O Lord, I take refuge. Let me never be put to shame. In your righteousness, deliver me and rescue me. Incline your ear to me and save me. Be to me a rock of refuge, a strong fortress to save me, for you are my rock and my fortress. Rescue me, O God, from the hand of the wicked, from the grasp of the unjust and cruel. For you, O Lord, are my hope, my trust, O Lord, from my youth. Upon you I have heard from my birth. It was you who took me from my mother's womb. My praise is continually of you. I have been like a portent to many, but you are my strong refuge. My mouth is filled with your praise and with your glory all day long. Do not cast me off in the time of old age. Do not forsake me when my strength is spent, for my enemies speak concerning me, and those who watch for my life consult together. They say, pursue and seize that person whom God has forsaken, for there is no one to deliver. O God, do not be far from me. O my God, make haste to help me. Let my accusers be put to shame and consumed. Let those who seek to hurt me be covered with scorn and disgrace. But I will, I will hope continually, and I will praise you yet more and more. My mouth will tell of your righteous acts, of your deeds of salvation all day long. Though their number is past my knowledge, 
I will come praising the mighty deeds of the Lord God. I will praise your righteousness, yours alone. O God, from my youth you have taught me, and I still proclaim your wondrous deeds. So even to old age and gray hairs, O God, do not forsake me until I proclaim your might to all the generations to come. Your power and your righteousness, O God, reach the high heavens. You who have done great things, O God, who is like you? You who have made me see many troubles and calamities will revive me again. From the depths of the earth you will bring me up again. You will increase my honor and comfort me once again. I will also praise you with the harp for your faithfulness, O my God. I will sing praises to you with the lyre, O Holy One of Israel. My lips will shout for joy when I sing praises to you. My soul also which you have rescued. All day long my tongue will talk of your righteous help. For those who have tried to do me harm have been put to shame and disgraced. All right. So there's a lot there. I mean, that was a long passage and I just didn't want to split it up because there's so much meat. There's so much that we could be missing with any part of that left out. So the Psalms have always been really interesting to me. Being that most, if not all of them, are songs and poems, they, for one, flow very well and can be a lot easier to read through than some of the more dense, strange-sounding parts of the Bible. There's also a lot of happy psalms, like, you know, Psalm 23 and Psalm 100. But these aren't one of those. Perhaps my favorite part of the psalms is how they're pretty brutally honest. They're what comfort me when I start feeling doubts or questions or insecurities or anxieties. The Psalms show us what it looks like for us to really open up to God with our whole selves, emotions included. The Psalms are a lot more than just praying, thank you for this day, and then moving on. And these three Psalms are a great example of that. So this chunk of scripture starts off pretty dreary, to say the least. I do feel like it's always important to point out that Christians in biblical times were often very persecuted in ways that you and I can't really imagine. I think it's important for me, someone who doesn't belong to a particular minority group, to remember when reading scripture that this was written by people who were minorities and who oftentimes didn't have power. David, who's accredited for writing the Psalms, is an exception to an extent in the fact that he was a king, but, I mean, his life was still vastly different than ours is today, and we can't forget that context, and that leads us to misusing these sacred words. So yeah, Psalm 69 starts off saying stuff like, the waters have come up on my neck, and I'm sinking, I'm weary with crying, people hate me. I mean, all that good stuff. Later on, he talks about getting insulted and poisoned. I mean, that's some real stuff. If we're doing it right, then Christianity can be really difficult sometimes. Life in general is difficult sometimes. But Christians especially, I mean, we're called to serve in the ditches. We're called to love all people, to stand up in the face of injustice, to keep our hearts and our minds open. Tragedies happen. There's a big hustle and bustle mentality that can be really tough on our spirits. David's feelings are real. And we as humans are created to be whole people, 
And that means our minds, our spirits, our bodies, and our feelings, our everything matters. Maybe y'all have heard the words lament before. It's the root of the book Lamentations in the Old Testament. And whether it's by our own choices or the choices of others or sometimes just chance, things not going our way is not a new phenomenon. Lament is a response to making room for grief and prayer. It takes strength to lament and express our sorrows while still strengthening our relationship with God. After all, God's been around the block a time or two and knows a little something about hardship. I'd say lamenting is when we bring our heartbreak to God without holding back. Now, there's some parts of this section that I read that make me uncomfortable. I mean, the stuff about God pouring indignation and anger out on his enemies certainly doesn't seem cool. He wishes some pretty bad stuff on his enemies. And I don't think that these words in scripture are meant to tell us to do the same. Like the lament, the desperate cries out to God. I think these are examples of humans just being raw. Jesus certainly didn't wish pain or anything else negative upon his enemies. Jesus didn't act superior to anyone. And I think we as Christians should acknowledge that, yeah, sometimes we feel so defeated and discouraged and disheartened that we have some bad thoughts. I mean, I know I slip into being prideful and jealous and a little vengeful more often than I'd like to admit. I think David slipped into these wrongful thoughts too. But at the end of the day, we're called to love and to seek God's heart and live with hope even then. It's a real struggle though, and I mean, I'm glad that we have the Psalms where it's not sugar-coated, even though David does write some things that simply aren't okay. We see this tension between feeling so down in the dumps and feeling strong and assured in God in these psalms too. He tells God about things like he would talk to an intimate friend, and then he praises God, even when things aren't going well at all. He still calls God faithful and loving and steadfast and righteous. He rejoices in God saying, God is great, and he talks about God's help, God being a refuge, God being his hope. This is an important second part of lamenting, is using our despair to drive us deeper into relationship with God, not farther. Even if we're wrestling with God, we're getting closer to God's heart. By embracing difficult things, we can use them to pursue God, rely on God. If we get just close enough to God, we could perhaps hear God speak, where to move, what to say, what to do. The closer we are to God, the better that we can fight the injustices and the situations we are in. Connecting with God is the first step towards action, and it's important to do so when our hearts are broken and our wills are crushed. Whether we're exhausted and we don't want to speak, or we just need to yell out to God with a frustrating tone, we need to be with God. With words, or maybe without words, just with a heavy, groaning, speechless spirit, be with God. Even if you feel far from God, or you aren't sure God's there, be with God. Chapter 71, verse 12 says, Oh God, do not be far from me. And then it goes on to say, I will hope continually 
and I will praise you yet more and more. This is where lament comes full circle and how we can be nourished and poured into in our dark moments. Lament definitely makes a lot of room for feeling tough things, and it doesn't rush the grieving process, but it does end with rejoicing. Near the end of chapter 71, David continues to praise God for how God has shown God's self in the past. He proclaims God's goodness by remembering times when he has felt God's touch before. Take a moment now and remember a time that you felt God or that God nourished and redeemed you when you were in a dark place. God has done it before and God will do it forevermore. Dear God, do not be far from us. We come to you with heavy hearts. The world can be so hard. Each of us with unique situations and experiences, yet we share so much grief and anxiety in common. Help us turn our hearts towards you. Thank you for being near to us, even when we don't see you, even when we don't know how to address you, and even when we don't know how to feel. Let your nearness be our source of hope, motivation, and guidance to make it on earth as it is in heaven in the times to come. In your holy name I pray. Amen.